Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line. Kevin and I putting the fun in functional sports content. Kevin, we have yet to hear a woo, but we have heard the word confidence three times. I don't know. It's a it's a race, bro, of what you will say more on any given week. But in hour two, we turn our attention to football. We are going to talk to Los Angeles Rams. If you're a fan of the show, and I don't know why you wouldn't be at this point, you know that we go deep. We give you some diamonds and fugazis. I let the cat out of the bag of one of my super diamonds in the NFL this year as part of that receiving crew. So we'll get to that. We'll go through their schedule. We'll look at some of the futures bets for the Los Angeles Rams as well. But before we do, let's talk about some news and notes that we hear um, around the world of football. And I got to tell you, there are some young wide receivers that uh, are banged up. One that I want to uh, bounce off of you, you know, we just did the Raiders recently, and we talked about the Raiders receiving group and how that herd was maybe all undervalued, and Henry Ruggs was the highest of the three, if you remember. But it looks like Henry Ruggs uh, got into a little bit of an accident at home. He was doing moving some furniture or something and has now a big-time gash or injury on his thigh. He's on crutches. You know, for someone who's supposed to have blazing speed, when I hear about a leg injury, a thigh injury even though it's not supposed to be too serious and we're months out yeah to take a look at here what'd you think i just gotta think from a raiders fans perspective they gotta be the good old not again right right because like they bring in a b and his feet don't work anymore and like you just gotta see something like this you're like what what is what did we do what did we do now the severity of it all i mean crutches from moving a couch i don't know what happened i don't know what happened there um, but yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll check on it. Um, he should be fine, but it's just of note. I mean, this is their first round pick. Yeah, you know, no, and he's of course. And on a team that, you know, we went through and identified as one of our favorite under bets on the board. Um, you know, if they lose Henry Ruggs for any amount of time, that's only going, um, to, you know, make that seem even like a better play. Absolutely. It may be a help to your boy, Nelson Aguilar, but we shall see, um, you know, Henry Ruggs was a first round pick this year someone who i absolutely expected to be a first round pick next year was clemson wide receiver justin ross and for context this dude is a beast okay literally you know when they are on the field together him and t higgins last year you know i'm reminded of this a few years ago okay Everyone loved Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey was going to be a generational cornerback, right? Amazing. And then the next year, when I heard everyone talking about Derwin James, and they were like, when I popped on the Florida State, you know, uh, the the tape, and it was really this guy that was better. You know, we have some examples of that, whether you see, oh, and and Chase Young was better than what Nick Boza looked like on the same team, right? And now I'll tell you the God's honest truth. When I've been watching Clemson over the last couple of years, the receiver I've been most impressed by, the receiver I have my eye on, is Justin Ross. Okay, as a freshman, he went off in the college football playoffs last year. But unfortunately, he's having 
Kevin, spinal surgery. And it don't matter if college football is happening or not. It ain't happening for Justin Ross. What do you think this means? I mean, this is no easy surgery. Um, he's really still young. I don't know what the recovery is like. What are your thoughts on this um, unfortunate story? Yeah, definitely is definitely is unfortunate. Justin Ross um, kind of really hit the national stage in that championship game against Bama where Trevor Lawrence was out there just, you know, everything looked so amazing. And you're like, how many of these guys are back next year? Right. Um, and a part of that was, was Justin like, Ross. Freshman? <laughs> right. And Ross, pretty much anywhere you looked, was going to be a first-round pick. Um, you know, pretty loaded wide receiver class to look like it might be next year. Um, but he was a lot of times – second behind Jamar Chase in a lot of mock drafts and consistently one of the top five wideouts on the board. Uh, if you look through early 2021 mock drafts, which, yes, I definitely do, um, I thought the, you know, it's going to be an interesting decision what's next for Justin Ross. I mean, one of the things that I, you know, as you read up on this is there's not necessarily a guarantee that he plays football again, um, which is just always so, so scary. Um, it's going to cost him his season. Um, if things are a go, he will very, very, I would think likely head to the NFL. Um, one Trevor Lawrence is going to be going to the NFL. So you're not coming right. back to play with him. And also you just kind of saw what an injury can do. So if you're able to hold on to any of that value and then hopefully land a decent uh, contract with the NFL, that would be ideal for Justin Ross. The one thing that when I saw the headline, Dane, and I just want to make sure I say this in case anybody felt the way I did, um, when they initially saw it, but then didn't look into it. I was like, oh, he's getting shut down. Maybe this is a bad sign for college football playing. But then uh, you see what the injury is. Right. No. Hey, this is happening no matter what. what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This The, the season could be tomorrow. Like, the championship game could be tomorrow, basically, and Justin Ross is not playing in it. Absolutely. Um, so I, I just thought that that was worth mentioning because, we're, you know, we're always trying to read tea leaves as much as possible and what it means for certain things. And this was one that I saw the update quickly. And I was right. like, oh, it's here. Then you read into it, and it, so it has nothing to do with the state of college football. Right. I remind. I'm reminded of when we when we talked about the Bogdanovich injury and surgery. Yeah. Right. And we were like, oh, does this mean that they know something about you know the uh, the progress of getting back to the game? And I agree with you. No, no, no. This is an unfortunate um, injury. And Justin Ross, I will say this, though, and I think about guys like Willis McGahee, Jalen Smith, right, guys who had huge injuries that kind of depressed their draft stock. And then the value that is just remember the name Justin Ross, because dude had the skill and the talent. You know, Kev, I don't know about you, but as we inch closer and closer to fantasy football season, I start to get a lot of questions on social media, okay? And I wanted to throw one out there. You know, I have the stats over beat cipher. If you watch Fantasy Freestyle, you know about that. And I got an interesting question, because you know how we talk about, like, we just give the data points, and you still got to make a decision yourself, you know, and how even though I may tell you something, if it doesn't go well, I then get the hate, the vitriol, the whatever on social media, people at me. I had a, uh, I had a fan ask me this question, and for me, the answer is so obvious that I feel like he's only making me say it so that it's like outsourcing the decision-making so that if it goes awry, he can come on back and nail me. Let me see what you think. Yeah. At Spitting Speeds, hope all is safe with you. Um, this is a dynasty trade idea. Are you trading your 2021 first-round pick, next year's first-round pick, and third-round pick okay. for Devin Singletary? 
Um, I have only one running back that I can keep. It's PPR. It's Dynasty. I need help at the running back position. Tw next year's first and third for Devin Singletary. I very quickly was able to respond to this person yeah. because I knew damn well what I thought. And my answer was, no, I would not yeah. do that. I'd keep my first round pick. You know, I looked at the rest of his team. He had like Marlon Mack. Um, you know, so you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, strong agree. I, I don't see any... I'm, I think I'm going to be lower on Devin Singletary maybe than even the consensus just because I'm not wholly positive that he's going to be able to come in and be like a lead, lead, lead back. I think there's going to be more Moss. Zach Moss kind of than people are expecting. Yep. Um, and also next year's first round pick, like we just talked about what could be a loaded wide be, receiver right? class, right? Jamar Chase, Justin Ross, Rondell Moore out of Purdue. Oh, and also don't forget like, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, which, you know, again, depending on your dynasty setup, could certainly be very, very significant pieces to the league, you know, because I know there are dynasty leagues where, you know, quarterbacks are just you, that you can't come by, it, right? Mm -hmm. The rosters are very, very deep. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I don't so I'm glad see, you agree. I yeah. just wanted to throw that out there and see if the conglomerate of uh, sports even, would be different. I, now, this is me coming from a naive standpoint because I've never That's had okay. the experience of someone asking me that question. Oh, me God. The obvious I answer. like, manage my damn timeline and DMs. No, and I, right. Oh my, my thing God, is, Evan, it's I, don't, I don't even know what scenario plays out where he goes, damn it, speeds. I Like, with Devin <laughs> Singletary's, like, a top five running back and he yes. thinks he would have won his league? Yes, that's exactly the scenario. People will find reasons to pin the blame on me. But I'm glad that, you know, solidarity in numbers, right? But in any event, we're going to turn our attention to the Los Angeles Rams. And, and, Kev, you know, this is an intriguing team, okay? They have made some changes, losing Todd Gurley. Right. Losing, uh, like we just mentioned, Brandon Cooks in the trade. I will say this, though, before we go into the break, what do you think, though? <sighs> Kevin, this team is moving stadiums. Yeah. This team, along with the Chargers, is supposed to be on hard knocks again. Right. Mm -hmm. This team has a lot, you know, new uniforms with this team. A lot of newness going on. And what we've talked about is familiarity, stability may reign supreme uh, in this season. I kind of wonder, before we get into their offseason, their futures bets, their win totals and stuff, what do you think is the impact on this team moving stadiums again, changing uniforms, being on hard knocks? You know, on this season more than any other, you kind of need to just put your head down and grind and be with your squad like pretty much what Baker Mayfield's doing, right? No interviews, no any of that stuff. But the Rams will not have that opportunity. We don't even know if the stadium's finished yet. They're gonna have cameras everywhere. Um, they're I on hard knocks again. Yes, they're gonna do Rams and Chargers. They have oh. decided to profile both teams and highlight that stadium. I'm just saying, there's a lot of stuff going around ancillary with the Rams. Most of yeah. the uniforms are one thing, whatever. I'm just saying that's so we can put up the screen these new uniforms that they got, right? But Hard Knocks is a legitimate distraction. A new stadium that's up in the air is a legitimate distraction. Mm. Having to share with the Chargers is something new. And in this year where there's so much craziness going on, I think just adding more, you know, monkey wrenches into it, 
I don't know how this plays out that well. And also we've seen, remember, there's reports that Kroenke can't even pay the last payment to people like Clay Matthews and 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 Todd Gurley and what the financial situation is. I, there's a lot of weirdness, in my opinion, going on around the Rams. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that's fair. I think what's my thing with the Rams is they are the team that everybody I feel like is like, oh, they're going to be bad, right? Mm-hmm. Because you always, again, everyone's trying to identify the surprise team in both directions. The team that a lot of people think is going to be good, that won't. And the team that a lot of people think is going to be bad, that won't, right? And one of the ideas that is, you know, been gaining steam is <laughs> the idea that the Cardinals are going to be much better, okay? Sure. And the, great, the other two teams in the division are the Super Bowl representing from the NFC Niners and right. the other team that's quarterbacked by Russell Wilson. So right. who's going to fall if you want to be behind the, on the Cardinals? Sure. The Rams. So the Rams were a team that, you know, you've seen a lot of that. And you, you try, and I try and, you know, you, you try and find balance with it. And I thought it'd be low on the Rams, but then there's part of the Rams that I like. The Rams are a team who, when we do this schedule breakdown, um, it'll be very, very interesting to see kind of how things fall. Um, okay. I think that's the best. The best way that I could put it. Ooh, we call that in this business a tease, Kevin, and we shall see. We're going to reset the stable, right? We'll see what the roster looks like after their offseason. I think there's some very interesting moves. I also believe the Rams have financial walls closing in in a way that many other teams don't. I'll make that point. We'll look at their draft. We'll look at their schedule. We'll look at their futures bet. And who else joins Cooper Cup as a diamond in the rough for the 2020 season? We go deep on the L.A. Rams. Hopefully their stadium is built and it's not vandalized in the next couple of months. We'll talk about it all when we come back here on the early line. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back into the early line here on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin spending hour number two here on the early line going into the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, I want to ask you before we get into, you know, their diamonds and fugazis, their hall, I've mentioned the idea of the financial walls closing in. Remember, they spend all that money. Uh, I mean, Gurley's not there anymore. He was something of a casualty. Many people believe Cooks, you know, they kind of forced that deal because of the financial implications. But when you bring in, you know, offensive linemen that you're signing, when you spend, you know, millions of dollars at the wide receiver position. Remember them bringing in Robert Woods to a big contract. Cooks was a big contract. Then doubling down with a kid like Cooper Cup, you know, and then the big one. Uh, maybe in response to the Carson Wentz talks, they got it done first with Jared Goff. And there was not yeah. real pressure on this, right? But they signed him to, I believe it was, what, over $130 million. And now that is almost like a little bit of a anchor around the franchise's, you know, kind of fiscal situation. And then I'll go say they painted themselves in a corner with a trade they made last year also. Jalen Ramsey, who is the reason they don't have a first-round pick, right? And I mm-hmm. understand Jalen Ramsey is an amazing player, but they now must get him under contract because if not, the idea of the sunk cost of the first-round pick is horrible team construction, right? So you got to count Ramsey as part of their, I guess, draft hall. And don't get me wrong, Ramsey's a great player, but yeah. it just seems like the financial walls are closing in on the Rams and, and almost like 
they had their window, right? They mm-hmm. had their window, and Wonder Boy McVeigh got him to the Super Bowl, but before the arthritic knee hit and before Belichick neutered him, you know, I feel like now they shoved all in. They knew they had finances closing in. They took their shot. They didn't get it done, and now they're kind of paying for it, in my opinion. Do you see it similarly? I think the Ramsey move was fascinating right. because so to me, Jalen Ramsey is probably one of the five best corners in football. Oh, um, like the Cowboys should have drafted Jalen Ramsey instead of taking Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like Jalen Ramsey is tremendous. Sure, but that move did shock me because financially, like the Rams ran into this situation where they almost had like players that were too good. Okay, Aaron Donald has been the best player in football like five years in a row now. I mean, right. it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. like how good Aaron Donald is. Then whenever you compete at, at a certain level, you just have to pay your quarterback. Okay, so now that's golf. Todd Gurley's a running back when, it, you know, flirting with MVPs. We got to pay him too. Andrew Whitworth was one of the highest paid tackles in football. And you kind of started to see how difficult this was going to start to be. And they just doubled down. And they sure did. Jalen Ramsey. And that... It was one of those it, – it, it tore. I was torn on it because if I were a Rams fan, right, you know, Dane, it's not your money, right? It's not my money. As a Rams fan, it's not your sure. money. At the end of the day, you're kind of sitting there, at least I think as a Rams fan, like, you know what, man, this team wants to go for it. And they keep it's wanting to go It's not my money, but it hampers what my team can do moving forward. Right. And I would say I – w- I will say this. It's a massive year for the Rams. It mm. is such a big year for the Rams because in my honest opinion, like, yeah. so there's, there's this very, very like out there idea that if you have the coach because of the value that exists in the rookie quarterback contract, right. that you just kind of keep it almost this revolving door. And mm-hmm. if there were ever anybody to try it with, it probably would be Sean McVay. And why they give Goff 130 million? Because no one, seemingly no one is willing to make that actual risk, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody's actually willing to trade Goff right? Okay. Get whatever the value is and then turn the keys over to, I don't know when that decision would have been made. Maybe it would have been last year's crop of quarterbacks. Okay. Um, maybe Daniel Jones. I'm not, you know, entirely sure whatever, or maybe even this year's, whatever it might be. Um, but this is such a big year for them. And Goff is a guy whose opinion is, you know, it fluctuates week to week by, sure. you know, his performance. They, they are quietly, one of the most fascinating teams, I think, coming into this season. Yeah, I, I'm going to be one of those guys that have hopped off of the bandwagon, you know, because I do think the walls are closing in. I don't think Goff is, you know, we talk about the tier one, tier two kind of quarterbacks. I think Goff is definitively in that middle. And what my lessons have been over the last two years as it relates to Todd Gurley is you could have all the bells and whistles in that McVay offense, but it was Todd Gurley that was the engine that made it run and made the ability, you know, we talk about Derrick Henry and then the play action game and the pick to poison. I think Gurley had that role and when defenses had to fear Todd Gurley as they did in you know two seasons ago and then most of the previous season once they kind of realized that that arthritic knee wasn't getting any better and they didn't have to then I think the Rams offense 
got kind of undercut in some way. But they went back to the well with the running back in the draft, okay? Jalen Ramsey, we know, is in essence their first-round pick this mm-hmm. year, right? And then they, listen, they lost Todd Gurley. They get in Cam Akers. Cam Akers, who, by the way, is a 20-to-1 shot to win the Rookie of the Year award. They bring in Van Jefferson also in the second round to augment maybe some of the losses they had with Brandon Cooks going. I like the Terrell Lewis pick, the edge rusher out of Alabama. He was a guy I was thinking about for the Jets in the third round. They went and got the kid Zuniga out of Florida instead, but he was in that range. I liked him. What do you think about the Rams draft overall? They also, for example, not only did they let Gurley go, remember, Dante Fowler no longer there. You know, So there's a lot of movement here, a lot of it financial. What do you think about what they did in the draft to kind of recoup? some of their losses. Yeah. Am I, am I allowed to be frustrated with the acres pick while also thinking you can make a case for him to be offensive rookie of the year? You can, right? Because like, it's, that, it's that RBB three. It's that AJ Dillon answer, right? Go ahead. Yeah, Jonathan just, Taylor. Yeah. You have, you know, you just watched what happened with Gurley, right? Right. You have Darrell Henderson. Right. You just like put recent draft capital in. That's right. Henderson, and, yeah. It was your first pick of the draft, right? So I guess part of the draft was Jalen Ramsey. I don't know. You be the judge of that. Um, But, like, the fact that that it was Cam Akers. With that being said, I just think the talent of Cam Akers, and to me this suggests that they really like Cam Akers, means that he then has some potential Hmm. to be the lead back in this. bright like a diamond. And if they're going to be the – you know, if they're going to be the, the Rams offense, mm-hmm. he's going to be able to be healthy and produce. Mm-hmm. He's got to have a shot considering the rest of this rookie class is either in bad situations right. as far as a supporting cast or has, you know, seven guys in front of them. for. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Remember when we did the rookie running backs, Cam Akers was on both of our lists, I believe, in the top 10. We know there's Malcolm Brown there. We know the kid Henderson from Memphis last year is there, right? And now there is also Cam Akers. We'll see how that breaks out. Let me give you uh, some of the data points here for their futures, okay? It is a very interesting team. I'm a little bit lower on them than it sounds like you may be, but we'll play it out. They're with Win total, and you talk about them up against Arizona in this division, right? Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals, who we'll talk about in a couple of days, I believe they're at seven and a half. The Rams are at eight and a half. Okay, Rams are at eight and a half, but slightly heavier juice to the under. Okay, mm-hmm. so minus one twenty. All right, so like eight, eight and a half. That's where they are. Um, they are minus money to not make the playoffs. Um, no playoffs is minus one seventy five. So that's where the books think yes would be plus one forty eight. All right, so decent chunk of change, plus 370 to win the division. And here's what I'll say, what I noticed in looking at all the NFC teams, okay? They have the Rams listed, in essence, as the best third-place team of a division, right? So they're like ninth. So in the East, the Rams are behind the Eagles and the Cowboys. In the North, they're behind the Packers and the Vikings. In the South, they're behind the Saints and the Bucks. In the West, they're behind the Niners and the Seahawks. But if you take those off, they are the next, uh, you know, best odds kind of team. The book views them, the Rams, as like the best 
third place team, like the ninth team. And remember, seven qualified for the playoffs. I also gave you Cam Makers as rookie of the year. The last thing I'll tell you, you mentioned, you know, the best player in football or the best PFF player in football, let's say, Aaron Donald. <laughs> he is plus 750 and the favorite to win defensive player of the year. So I give you some opportunities out there for some futures. Where are you leaning before we actually take you to task with their schedule? So before before we get into it, I think that the win total, again, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this a number of times, I'm 12 games into picking 256 for all teams. Right. Um, I am finding myself leaning towards the over, but you will see one of the weirdest oh schedule predictions Oh boy, is, is on the tab here when we get to the Rams. You will see how odd this all plays out. And again, this is only through 12 games. But I, at the moment, I'd have to say I lean towards the over. Although this over eight and be, a half. Uh, yes. Although I know for a fact that this would be a team, if I did this exercise, how, you know, we kind of just do the list of the games and there's a little bit less context, they'd be a clear underplay because this is a right. difficult schedule for this football team. In terms of awards, I think Aaron Donald has a really good chance of becoming away because he won back-to-back. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year awards. Mm-hmm. Three-peating is preposterous. <laughs> and now that they basically got a break. Right, it's like Jordan could have won the MVP every year, but they got to get one exactly. in there for somebody. Right. And they, they just stop. done that so that exactly. they can go back to acknowledging that he's really the best. Right, which I, which is why I think at plus 750, he's worth the play. The one other thing I want to mention now in the awards uh, play here is going to sound ridiculous. Oh, boy. But I can't help it. So the other night, as I was doing some of my late-night reading, yeah. I came across um, an article that was asking a group of, uh, you know, kind of reporters um, to list an MVP candidate, right? You know, okay, boom, so the five people gave their names. And then the next one was, give me a dark horse MVP candidate. Okay. And someone said that their dark horse MVP candidate was Russell Wilson. Hey, and, I don't know if that's dark horse, but okay. Yeah, no, for sure isn't. For sure isn't. He's like, the third choice the, on the board, but go yeah, ahead. Like, that's, for sure isn't. And it, and it, infuriated me and right. these are the little things that make me annoying and i get that but i'm like that's not a dark horse like because there's a little blurb saying like you know russell wilson has never been able to crack the mvp conversation this year right. he doesn't like that's a lie that's a lie last year the debate was him or lamar like he right. finished second in mvp voting i believe right. last year I'm like so that's and i don't know why and i spent so much time then saying figure out a real dark horse MVP candidate. And you landed on Jared Goff? Unfortunately, I landed on Jared Goff. <laughs> but I don't before. agree with. But I just had to I just had to basically throw that out there because yeah. if I were to ask you for a dark horse MVP candidate. Again, the the in essence, I'm right. saying tell me a name that you don't think can win the MVP but maybe could win the MVP. Listen, when we just did that for, remember in hour number 1, we talked about the receiving yard prop, right? Yeah. And you know, we were then let's talk about some other guys and we 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 said Devontae Adams at 14 to 1 was not really a long shot right was in that value and I know that Russell Wilson for example yeah and Russell Wilson at this point is legitimately the third choice for MVP behind only Lamar Jackson and of course Patrick Mahomes so maybe not necessarily a long shot I agree with you Kevin but if Jared Goff you wind up as a potential long shot. We'll find out why on the other side of the break. And then what we will also do is we break out the schedule. We think their home games are being played at the new SoFi Stadium. That's the assumption we will make at this point. And we'll go through the schedule game by game and see if Jared Goff can get on a roll and maybe be an MVP candidate. We do all that when we come back here on The Early Line.
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the early line here on Sports Grid. We are digging into the Los Angeles Rams in our number two today. You know, we're going game by game. We're going to take out their schedule, try and find some value in futures bets, give you some diamonds and fugazis as well. Kevin, before we get into the schedule, remember the Rams are one of those teams that have five uh, primetime games, although it is kind of an even split between home and away. Uh, what do you think about the kind of primetime schedule and at least what that means maybe the NFL thinks about their prospects? Yeah, I don't know if that's them wanting to show off the L.A. stadium. The I don't stadium. know if, yeah. if that's just a belief maybe in this Rams team than maybe um, some others have. You look at kind of the primetime games that they play, and for the most part it's against big teams, maybe other yeah. than say that game against the Bears although the Bears are held a little bit in higher regard, I think, than I know where you personally hold them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting, you know, and the Rams very much show, not make or break, right, but, like, you could easily see that Bears-Rams game being your typical, I cannot believe we're watching these two teams right. on, on game. You yeah. could easily see that scenario playing out. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Remember, the Bears and the Rams, I've already let the cat out of the bag. These are two of my underplays for Mm. the season. We've already talked about the Bears. I'm fading the Rams. Let's see what Kevin thinks off an eight-and-a-half win total. They start off, Kev, with one of those primetime games. They christen the new stadium week one. Jerry and Dak, I think it'll be Dak, comes to town. (laughs) Will Zeke get fed against – or will Aaron Donald plug him up in the season opener? Yeah, I'm rolling with the Rams here. This is a really, really tough game for me because there's a, you know, there's a lot to be said. Maybe the Cowboys are trending upwards even more so. But right. you look at it last year, and them playing against good teams, especially on the road, was not very kind to them. And I still think okay. the Rams can fit that description. Uh, uh, plus, uh, uh. Rams owe them a little bit. They played in Dallas last year, and Dallas hung, I think, like 50 on them or something. So I'm rolling with the Rams in a close, uh, tough-to-call game from week one. Right. And so one of the things I heard, Kevin, is you that might they might be kind of the team. And we've talked about other teams at this level, right, where they're going to win some home games. Right. They're going to be good at home. But do you trust them to go on the road against a quality opponent and get it done? I also know you seem to be someone who believes in the idea of West to East travel for one o'clock games being a problem. And that is their situation. Week two, they go West to East. They see your Philadelphia Eagles in a one o'clock Eastern start. Uh, Can they cross country and get a W? I think no. I think this is a good spot for the Eagles with the Rams coming off of a tough Sunday nighter against Dallas and the West East Coast travel. As you mentioned, I think this works nicely um, for Philly. All right. So you got them one and one. uh, Here, we don't know, right? Because they stay on the East Coast. Right. But they're back in the Eastern Division for week three road trip. Devon, get the tables. (laughs) They're playing the Bills week three in Buffalo. It's funny because this is one of those spots where they're reportedly going to be staying in. Right, the East there you Coast. go. So what does that necessarily mean for guys' body clocks and uh, whatnot? For me, though, I'm still leaning Buffalo. I think Buffalo's uh, defensively can go out there and do enough to make this tough on the Rams team who, again, I don't know what to make of these teams that are staying the night, whether how well that'll work right. for them. 
I'm leaning Buffalo though, and I'm you know I'm leaning on the home field advantage. All right, you got them one and three. They finally go back across the country, right, mm-hmm. to get to their new stadium. This is their first like regular Sunday day slate game in the new stadium, and the New yeah. York Football Giants make the long trip to see them. Yeah, so this is a spot too for me where if they would have been playing maybe a West Coast team, then mm-hmm. I might have said, oh, their their bodies are so messed up. They've been East Coast time for two weeks now. But it's the Giants. And this is one of the things I, 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 you know, I know we haven't done the uh, NFC East, but I told you, I don't know, it might have been on air or off air. I'm like, man, that Giants schedule is a beast. It is a beast. And And they'll be coming off a home game. So they're making the trip, right? And they're coming off a game against San Fran, which, you know, leaves you kind of bumped and bruised, no? Oh, absolutely does. Absolutely does. It's a really nice spot uh, for the Rams. All right, so you got them getting back to 500 here. Then they travel back across the country, okay, to our nation's capital to see the Washington football team. I got an upset here. I know. I know, right? The thing is, you have to find them. And the Redskins aren't going to go 0-16. They're going to win a game that they shouldn't. And I think this is a spot where they were on the East Coast for two weeks. Mm. And now they're back on the West. And now they're back in the East. And it's just, to me, I think this could be a spot where the Redskins could, you know, in the second straight home game, take okay. advantage. So you have this as a loss for the Rams at two and three. Then they travel back across country, <laughs> but this time for a road game in the state of California against San Francisco at the Niners week six, Sunday night football, prime time in the Bay Area. So this is where I kind of talked about this schedule being puzzling for people. I've got a Rams win here. Um, the Niners uh, are now playing their th- their third straight home game. And I made that as a footnote to try and say, like, what does that mean for when a team is almost stagnant, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're just at home consistently. The biggest thing to me is twofold. One, in essence, I've got the Rams coming off of this loss to the Redskins. And yes. I think that that can somewhat serve as like a – Wake-up call, all systems go. And I also thought that the Rams played the Niners very, very tough uh, last year in their second meeting. Also, the Niners' next matchup, they go to Foxborough. And whether they should or shouldn't, I think there's still something to be said about looking ahead potentially to that Pats game. And you might say they can't look past the Rams to the Pats. Yeah, but people make mistakes like that all the time. I think it's a decent spot here where they would probably be handing maybe the Niners their first loss. All right, so you have them winning this game on the road in prime time to get back to 500. They stay in the state of California. This is like the only time in the season where they like stay in the state where they are, and it is the Bears who come to town Monday night football, okay? So we put the bright lights onto the new stadium yet again. Remember, they have five primetime games. This is the third. They are home. The Bears come to town. And this is one of those spots that we identified as a really, really bad spot for the traveling team, right. having to go east to west Late. for prime time. Yep. A Monday night spot here. It's a really, really nice spot for the Rams, and they get another win. All right, fair enough. So they get to four and three. Then again, travel across the country mm-hmm. to Miami to see the Dolphins for another one of those one o'clock starts. Yeah, and I gave this one a bit of pause because of them coming off of a Monday night game. They're right. traveling sure, back we to can Miami. Across country. Yeah, but. I I'm, I basically went with, and I know this is difficult, right? Because I'm now you don't almost think they're partying based, at South Beach. I think this is a problem with with what I'm doing here. Is I'm basing a lot of stuff off them losing to Washington, right? Uh, but to me, that's still a lesson learned, that. right? Don't you think? Yeah. So the idea that they would let that slip twice, I'm not banking on, and I'm giving them a victory. 
All right, that gets them to five and three after the first half of the season. They mm. then go on a bye, and they're going to need it because after that, the Seahawks come to town. They have not seen the Seahawks yet. They have not seen the Cardinals yet. I find it very interesting that, you know, they have only played one of their six division games in the first half of the schedule. So they're going to be seeing yeah. a lot of important games. So even whether they're five and three or three and five at this point, they will believe that it's all still in front of them with five of the six division games still left to be played. And it starts yeah. here with the Seahawks coming to town. Yeah. So one thing that you will probably find as I do these schedule predictions is any team that's home off a of bye week is very, yeah. very likely to come away with a win. Okay. Uh, and that's what applies here to this Rams football team. Seattle is also coming off of a trip in Buffalo, uh, which is a very, that's very tough hot. game could certainly go either way. So I like this spot here for the Rams. All right, then you have them getting to six and three, feeling good about themselves, yes. but then they will test it when they travel across the country as a road team in a primetime game, week 11, Monday night football. They're at Tampa Bay, Kev. It's a tough, tough spot. And it is the game, I kid you not, through this entire process, I spent the most time on. Really? Because there's this is one of the issues with me for Tampa Bay. You oh, you will find when this when this is fully done, Tampa Bay is not 13 and three anymore. Oh, um, what do you know? This is one of the things about this Tampa Bay schedule. They still haven't had a bye week. Right. They still haven't had a bye week. Mm. The Rams kind of just had there. So that's a little fresh. bit fresher, a little bit rejuvenated. Even though they're traveling. And again, I understand that they're traveling. And I, I went back and forth and I went back and forth on this one so much. But I ended up giving it to the Rams where the, the winning factor was a team who's two weeks removed from their bye week and a team that's now playing their 11th, 12th game in a row. Okay, fair enough. I mean, you definitively have them getting some wins that I would not give them, but that is sure. all right. Um, then, you know, remember, they're in Tampa. They fly again across country, this time home, and the Niners come to town. The Niners are off a bye week. The Niners lost to them the first time at home. This is a spot where I love the Niners, and this is a spot that I will remember um, when okay. it comes up in the season, Week I love 12, let's remember that one. So you have them, listen, still seven and four, still in the thick of it. They mm -hmm. travel to Arizona to see Kyla Murray and the cards. Yeah. So I like the Cardinals in this spot. Think about the, the, the three games that this Rams team has played since they've come off their bye: the right. Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Niners. What a gauntlet that is now. Is. And I've got them two and one in that gauntlet, which is very, very impressive, but you're now traveling in division to Arizona, who's still a good football team. We think. It, you're, you're a little bit more, yeah, we think, right? You're, to me, a little bit more banged up there. Um, so I like Arizona in that spot. Okay. So I believe you have them going seven and five at this point, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you have them seven and five as they enter their home stretch. You know, most teams break it up into quarters, right? And yeah. so now entering the last quarter, entering the final four games, this is a team that you have standing at seven and five and will have the luxury of three of their final four games, Kevin, being at home. Remember mm -hmm. I talked about all that travel across country? Well, they were doing a lot of that at the beginning of the season, right? At this point, they only have one road trip left. They stay in the Pacific time zone. So it starts to smile upon them as the weather gets warmer. And if you've got them at seven and five already, maybe this is a playoff team. Short week, home team, Thursday night football. They get the benefit of being home on the short week. It's the Patriots that come to town. Who do you got? I, I have the Rams, but this is another weird spot because this isn't a travel week for the Patriots. They're playing Sunday right. night football in this stadium. With the Chargers, right? With the Chargers. Right. So it's a very, very weird spot. 
I'm just giving the Rams a home field advantage primetime game. This is a tough game, though, but I'm giving I'm going with the home team. Interesting you make the point that the short week, right, the travel isn't there because the Patriots stay in town. Their next opponent do not get that luxury. They stay at home. The Jets come to town, yeah. and the Jets come to town after having played the Chargers well earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. So they get to relax and chill in their beds where the Jets are making the cross-country yeah. trip in Week you, 15. You've talked about how unfortunate yeah. this is for the Jets, right? Like, the Pats yeah. get this very, very, like, comfortable schedule yeah. and here the jets have to now travel back to los angeles to the rams off a mini buy yeah. it's hard to think anything other than the rams get this game all right then you know kevin you got the rams already at nine wins with a win total of yep. eight and a half with two to go this is the final road trip they head mm -hmm. up to the pacific northwest to see the seattle seahawks yeah they're 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 not going to be sweeping the seahawks so gotcha. that's the seahawks win. Then they return home in a game that could, at you have it, probably mattering for the Rams. We sure. don't know if it'll matter for the Cardinals. This is a final game of the season. It's Kyler Murray coming to town mm -hmm. in a big-time division matchup. We only got like 30 seconds left. How do you have the Rams season ending? I'm, I'm having an ending uh, with a win. Uh, wow. they're, they're, they're home. Um, I think, it, you know, look, I, and they, Arizona's already got them once, right? So Arizona yep. now to sweep the Rams would be a tough spot. So... Yeah, All I, right. I like the Rams in that final game. Fair enough. You have them going 10-6, and six, Kevin. To me, that sounds like maybe plus 148 for the playoffs is not a bad bet. We'll look at this. We'll give you some fantasy diamond and fugazis when we come back. Now after the schedule, what does Kevin think about the Rams? Come on back and find out. It's the early line. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid. Shining a spotlight on the Los Angeles Rams. And I got to ask you, before we get into these players, they will be rocking some new threads this year, Kev. You got any feelings about that? As we've been talking about the Rams, we've been putting up some of the pictures of these guys and their yeah. new threads. I think they're one of like five or six teams in the NFL that either changed or added uniforms this year. Do these kind of things move the needle for you? You get in a brand new Jared Goff jersey? Uh, I just get frustrated, man. I don't understand. Like, we're supposed to advance as a society, and I don't understand why it comes to the process of jerseys. Everything seemingly gets worse. There is no sport that irks me more than the NBA. The amount of cool jerseys that exist right. in NBA's history and how few of them are actually being worn. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Rams, you know, like the Rams old tool uniforms, like, you know, with the bright blue and the yellow, yeah. like, is, is a very, very yeah, nice Eric uniform. Eric Dickerson ones, yeah. Yeah, like... I hear you, and now, to be quite honest, this logo, it really looks like the damn Chargers. If you want to know the truth, it really kind of does. I know it's supposed to be like a Rams horn, but it looks very similar to the damn lightning bolt of the other tenant in the same exact stadium. But I digress. Let's find some diamonds and fugazis. You got them going 10 and 6, so maybe the yes playoffs, maybe the over on their win totals. But oh, now, oh, go ahead. I just want to say with the yes playoffs thing, because yeah. one of the things is I've gone through this, right? I have a feeling... That if you ask me who are my top seven teams yeah. in the NFC, it would probably be Rams, Seahawks, Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, Bucks, Saints. That's seven. But what you'll notice is you will not no have an NFC North champion in there then. Right. So, <laughs> so that is why 
I'll need to finish this exercise to tell you my confidence level on a yes-no playoffs bet because one of my seven best teams can't be in the playoffs. Right, and remember, I even framed the Rams with some of their futures odds, right? I was like, they have them as the best third-place team, right? Yeah. And so you listed, you know, Cowboys-Eagles, you had the Bucks and the Saints, you had the other two in the West, but then you think the Rams maybe, and at 10-6 and six level, they may have a better record than a uh, division champion up north, and that's yeah. possible, but because they're only playing in the wild-card pond, you know, a— uh, a seven, a nine and seven Vikings champion, let's say, yep. right? It would still be the Rams up against, call it the Bucks, or call it the Cowboys, or call it the Seahawks for that actual final wild card spot. We'll see how it all plays out. I want to tell you this. Listen, we've been talking about this Rams committee, mm. right? at the running back level. And we know Todd Gurley is gone. We talked about the carries that are up for grabs. I just checked the ADP of these three guys. And, you know, I told you before, the Rams were the original fantasy herd. That's why I liked Cooper Cup, because he was usually the third of the three. Let me give you the running backs. Um, there's a big range here, Kev. Mm. A big range. So if you pick the right one, You've got a diamond in the rough. Cam Akers is going as the first off the board as running back 30, Kevin. All right. So already just the flex play for the what, you know, what ADP says is the lead dog of this offense that you think can be good with the Wonder Kid. Plenty of production with Gurley. Um, uh, Henderson, though, the second year kid out of Memphis is second at running back 45. And then Malcolm Brown, who, if you want to know the truth, is the incumbent leader of the pack, right? Because he had more carries than Henderson last year, yeah. right? Akers will have to crack through. I bet a guy like Malcolm Brown will at least know pass protection and, you know, that kind of stuff a little bit quicker. So maybe on the field more, Malcolm Brown is going as running back. 66, Kevin. So to me, that's my diamond in the rough right there of these three. I mean, of these three, unless you think Cam Akers approaches a piece of the pie that yeah. is like workhorse light. Um, give me a guy who's going at running back 66 and of the three that remain right now is the kind of incumbent of the group. It's, it, see, I, the reason why I would disagree is okay. even if he's been there, right, and he's the lowest value, it's not going to be – three guys are not going to be viable. Someone's going to win the job. Right. And I just don't think Malcolm Brown think is – think a lead? You think this is going to go like 70-20-10 kind of thing? I, I, I think at some point there will be a lead. Look, for me, again, we're, we're getting in a dangerous world of reading tea leaves and confidence right. Right. right? So we have to be cautious as we talk about this. But to me, the only thing that Daryl Henderson can say is they had – like in a positive light is, well, they did draft me at one point and – they haven't definitively named Cam Akers the lead back. Aside from that, what have they done to show any confidence in, in Daryl Henderson with this Cam Akers pick? And the other side of that Nothing. point is— That's why I'm on Malcolm Brown, though. I think Malcolm Brown, however, is about yeah. So, And that's why I would say, if you said, rank them in likelihood to draft them, it'd be Akers, Brown, Henderson. Because Brown is still 66, and just the Henderson thing just doesn't fly for me. But I yeah. think that Cam Akers—again, like you just— you can't spend that draft pick on Cam Akers if you don't think he can be your lead running back. That's to me. If the now, laws of physics exist in that right. draft. Listen, yes. I'm also <laughs> saying, right, like, oh, I'm expecting an NFL team not to make a dumb decision. But that happens right. all the time. Right. right. So I could end up, you know, I could end up biting it for that. But I will say 
if you compare Cam Akers to the rest of the rookie running backs, right, and primarily to the top two backs that come off the board in both Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Okay. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is battling a guy that was almost Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is, is battling a guy yeah. in Mark Mack that was really good last year, and yeah. Frank Reich refuses to say anything other than yeah. I have six backs that are all good to go. Akers has probably more of an open lane to being hmm. the lead back than either of those guys, and look at where those ADPs fall. Yeah. RB to RB15 and RB20. It's a big, big gap. Right, I hear you. I want to ask, I want to test that theory real quick, though, because, like I said, Akers is running back 30. How do you compare that kind of path to production with another rookie, uh, the one up in Detroit, Swift? I think it's very, very interesting because DeAndre Swift, again, has that same vote of confidence. Right. Has, but even more so, yeah. by draft position. I also think he's better than Carrion Johnson. So you however, expect Swift to be higher than Akers in ADP? I will say, however, Carrion Johnson is better than Henderson ah, or Brown. So that's right. where it becomes a little bit tricky. I, I do not know where either are in ADP. Well, I Akers say, is 30. I mentioned that to you. Swift I, is RB right now. Swift is RB 27, so they're close. Yeah, I was going to say, I would think Swift would get a bit of a nod because he's supposed to be a much better back than yeah. even Akers is. And I agree with that. And, you know, it's just interesting because you did, you know, talk about it in terms of the path for the rookie. So I think that is interesting. You've got options, though. Remember, if you're leaning the way Kevin is, right, then maybe he thinks Cam Akers will grab the brass ring. And if he does, Kevin, you know, he's going at RB30. That's still a value. If you mm -hmm. think he has the potential to be a RB2 in fantasy, then that is value. I may lean the other way and get Malcolm Brown as a piece of this committee a little bit later on because of the value that I think he represents, you know, being a full three, four rounds later. Let's look at the wide receiver position. You know, there's not Brandon Cooks there anymore. They drafted Jefferson. There's been times when they're confident, a guy like Josh Reynolds. But unless you want to play the Reynolds and Jefferson game, I think this comes down to Cup and Woods, okay? And they are pretty close to each other, okay? Cooper Cup is going as a high-end wide receiver, too, at number 14 off the board. Robert Woods is also going as a mid-level wide out to as number 17 off the board. So they're pretty much there, right? You're yeah. going to be at a stage, call it round three or four, where these guys are going to be there. And you either got to get them then, or you ain't going to have a shot at them. Do you want them at that level? And if you had the choice of both of them, which one are you going with? Yeah, so I'm going with Cooper Cup. I want yeah. Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, again, I, you know, I said basically, you know, I was kind of reminded, I guess, right. if you will, that Brandon Cooks is no longer on this team. And Cooper Cup last year finishes wide receiver four as mm -hmm. wide receiver four. Now, I know Cooks can, you know, miss time. And I know even sometimes Robert Woods misses time. But also, so does Cooper Cup. Look, Cooper Cup is the guy on this team. That's what it is. There, it's not even between him and Woods. Cup is the guy. Now, in order to justify wide receiver 14 being yeah. a diamond, I basically would have to say that he's going to be inside the One top, of the top 10. 10. Yeah. And now, I don't know what 10 through 13 looks like. Sure, I'll give you I the names. I bet it's fair to say that Cup can break into that group. So I said you, Cup was 14, right? So 10, 11, 12, 13. Would you take Cup over any of these guys? you like Cup over Juju? Yes. You like Cup over Amari? Yeah. You like Cup over Odell? Yes. And you, do Odell. you like Cup over DJ Moore? Yep. So you can see him being your wide receiver 10, okay? Yep. You like him better than the guys that are right before him. Uh, right behind him, just for context, is Adam Thielen. 
Yeah, I, the whole feeling thing is going to be weird. Let's push I mean, fate then. Let's yeah, push fate say, then. Yeah, Number no, nine is Mike Evans. <laughs> what it's, it's it's that weird thing though, right? Yeah. Where one of them's going to be the top guy. That's yeah. close. That's very yeah. very close. So that's where you have him, okay? But you definitively, if I told you my team post draft and my wideout one was Cooper Cup, how would you feel? Yeah. I, I feel fine with that. I feel fine. He's coming cool. off a, a season of wide receiver four. Like, yeah. I don't know if you think he was on crazy. Roster, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, when you compare it to, the, to those names that, that you did list there, right? Like, Juju last year, what a disaster season that yeah. was. And oh, Amari Cooper, Cooper yeah. no, 100%, right? But it was still a disaster season. Amari Cooper, there's a lot of guys. Like, Michael Gallup is a legitimate beast. Like, yeah. him and Dak have a great rapport. That's oh, why I saw the CD Lamb right. pick was, you know, too much. But. Right, and that's like, oh, CD Lamb is now – in the mix. So, and those are like the top two guys that, that you listed. So I think absolutely Cooper cup can crack this top 10. No problem. Yep. I agree. Remember, in fact, I think he's a live shot to lead the NFL in receiving yards. So, you know, he's a diamond for me with a couple of minutes we have left. Let's turn our attention to the tight end position. Okay. Because Tyler Higby popped off late last year, um, you know, helping people in the fantasy playoffs after tight ends went down left and right. He was a very popular ad, uh, you know, into November and December. They have him though. Listen, I don't know if the love has gone too far. Okay. I understand now also no girly, no cooks, right? So the same reason I like Cup to absorb, maybe Higby is in line to absorb, but he's right, you know, he's sandwiched in between just two tight ends who, when I just hear their names, I think are both much better. He is sandwiched as tight end eight. He is sandwiched between Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper. Remember, Gerald Everett is still there, and he, yeah. I, I know he's not the lead guy, but he, he had a couple games also. Everett. It's almost like tight end herd aspect a little bit. I just wonder if McVay fe feels like he found something towards the end of the season. Really? Yeah. Four of his last five games, he was over 100 yards, with the last game being an 80-yard game with a touchdown. I mean, he was out of this world to end the season. Like, it'd be one thing if he had a couple sporadic plays. He was, over that last five weeks, maybe tight end one without, without knowing for sure he was absolutely yeah. had to be giving you top three tight end production. There's just no way he wasn't with those numbers. So if he's able to carry that over, McVay's been hyping him up during the during the offseason. Yeah. He he is someone that could sneak into the top five, I would say. He could. I'm not going to bet that he does because I got another Sean McVay quote, which says he's got to do a better job of utilizing Gerald Everett's skill set. So <laughs> that is still an open question. I'll look at some of these other guys at the tight end. So for me, he's a fugazi. I don't trust in it. I'm going to forget about him. We will continue on the NFC West on tomorrow's episode of the early line. A lot of very intriguing teams. We'll give it to you starting tomorrow. Keep it locked, though. The morning after is up next. Have a great day, everybody, right here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.